This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning I'm speaking with Jonah Zimeles, um, who is a man of, of uh, a very interesting background, um, a lot of really cool current things going on, a parent of Dan, who is a young man on the autism spectrum, and a bookstore owner and board member on a lot of really interesting interesting, innovative programs in New Jersey. So we're going to talk about all of that and whatever else comes up. Good morning, Jonah. Good morning. So thanks for being on the show. Um, it was a pleasure several months back. I think it was over the summer that I met you and I got a chance to uh, meet Dan and tour uh, your bookstore, which is called Words, and uh, tour a couple of other programs that you're associated with, uh, Spectrum 360 and Lifetown. But let's start with uh, your story and Dan's story in terms of you know what you used to do in your earlier career and, um, and then sort of how things have evolved to, to today. And then we'll get into some of the more specific um, businesses and, and, and uh, opportunities. Thanks. So I'm fortunate that I've had a opportunity to have a few careers. Um, I started out as a practicing lawyer doing a variety of different legal specialties um, at big firms in New York and New Jersey, and then decided after about a dozen years to go work in the not-for-profit space, which I did. Um, I had been an, an estate planning lawyer, so I ended up being a national endowment director for a major national charity branches, and that was going very well. Um, my wife, uh, we and I met after law school, um, and she also had been first started out working in a law firm, and then was working at the U.S. Attorney's Office. And we did sort of an income switch when I went to work for the not-for-profit and she went to work for a private firm uh, as a forensic consultant. And so at that time, we had just had our second child, Daniel. We had an, an older daughter, Liz, and our second child, Daniel, who was uh, turned out to be diagnosed with autism. And soon after his diagnosed, it became apparent that this kind of you know, busy two-parent working around the clock uh, model that we had really wasn't going to work. And so first I cut back uh, to four days a week and then three days a week and became apparent that one of us needed to quit our job to run our son's home program and to deal with the autism situation. And uh, my wife Ellen and I decided that I would leave my job, and I became a stay-at-home father running our son's home program. So I did that for about six years. It took about six years to really get things kind of stabilized mm-hmm. and to get a, school, a proper school placement for him. Um, and by that time, he was about uh, 11 or 12, and things were sort of falling somewhat into place. There was uh, unfortunately, as many autism parents know, they never really fall into place, but fall into place enough where I could consider possibly um, going back to work or pursuing a career. And I decided that I really wanted to do something to work in the autism community, but I wasn't sure what. And my wife had suggested to me that I consider going to business school. She, at that time, was starting her own firm, and I kind of helped her out with it, and she thought I had a knack for it. And so I 
I, I listened to what she said. Uh, we're out at a meeting when she suggested that, and I went home and took the GMAT and found myself enrolled full-time in business school, uh, which was really quite an experience because, among other things, well, I hadn't been to school in, in 25 years, but also I was about 20 years younger than all of my class, 20 years, years older, excuse me. I may have acted 20 years younger, but I was 20 <laughs> years older than all the rest of my classmates, right. which was really kind of an interesting uh, cultural experience in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But I would I would when assume I, I would assume your I would assume sure. your experience your your work experience and at that point also your life experience probably was eye opening for them as well. It made you an interesting um, yeah, an interesting so. classmate. I would think. I, I I hope so. Though I, I have to say I really learned more from them than they ever could have learned from me. I say the same thing about about my son. But I, I found them to be such an incredibly impressive, well-rounded group. They're from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and had all kinds of different experiences, and it was really a, a terrific opportunity for me. And I made a whole bunch of new friends, and I and I learned a great deal. the The school that I went to, again, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do in the autism space. I thought about consulting. I thought about trying to help fund autism science projects. Uh, I didn't really know what exactly I wanted to do, but Mm -hmm. I concentrated on management and social enterprise. And the one of the reasons I picked the school that I went to was Columbia University's business school was because they had something called the Nonprofit Board Leadership Program there. And it gave me the opportunity to serve as a pro bono consultant to Autism Speaks while I was in business school. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I really enjoyed. And I knew that that would at least give me some kind of entree information about autism opportunities. So, and so, okay, yeah. so yeah, no, yep, don't sorry. take us to, no, no, no. Um, this is this is why I wanted you to tell the story because you shared this with me when we met in person. And it really, I think one of the things that we should put out there, you said to me very clearly that. Not everybody in in a position in the position of raising a child on the autism spectrum has the opportunity to do what you've what you're talking about. So I'm curious about where you just got to. So you've you were an attorney. You had had all this experience both in the for profit and non for profit world. And then your your wife is working. You're sort of identifying a need for a change. You go back to business school. So what did you decide to do with all this? You have all this background. You have a son who is sort of settling into a, a school program. And to me, he's at that age, 11, 12-ish, where for a lot of families, things are just settling into the right type of educational program. And the idea of sort of the looming adult life and not aging out of autism, which remains a myth for some reason, you know, something that people still believe happens, has not necessarily, is not really right in your face. So where did you go with all of this? Yeah, Liza, so that's a great a great point. Um, so we had spent a lot of time trying to find the right school situation for him and to develop the home program. And it had been really quite a challenge. And we realized, I think a little bit earlier than most people, that the situation at 21 was going to be equally, if not more difficult, and so that it was important to get working on it right away. And we mm-hmm. didn't really have any time to uh, time to spare in that. And we were thinking about, all kind, as I said, all kinds of different possibilities. I had thought about trying to consult the small businesses kind of in, in exchange for them hiring people with autism. Okay or going around kind of on a lecture circuit trying to encourage big companies to hire people with autism. And I was really considering these alternatives upon graduation, 
when, to my surprise, again, you know, most of the good ideas come from my wife, she saw that there was a little bookstore in our town that was closing. At the mm-hmm. time, we've lived in our town now almost 30 years. Right. And the uh, the town was kind of going, starting to go through a bit of a tough patch because the economy had crashed or was in the process of crashing in the fall of 2008. Mm-hmm. And what town is this? And I know. I mean, I know because I was Maple, there. But. Sure. Yes. It's Yes. Thanks. It's Maplewood, New Jersey. Maplewood, New Jersey, which and is an adorable, adorable, really very uh, nice town to come visit. Thank you. Yes. I urge everybody to do so. <laughs> and we're about half an hour by train or a car from New York City. Okay. And she had been walking around with her son in town, as she often did, and saw there was a little bookstore on a side street that was closing. And it said, you know, bookstore will close in two months unless somebody buys it. And she came home and she said to me, gee, we should buy the bookstore and you should run it. And I was somewhat taken aback by this because even though I had just gone to school, I didn't take any retail. I hadn't really worked in retail. I didn't know much about the book business, was certainly a reader, but didn't know an extraordinary amount about publishing or bookstores or or the book industry. Right. And she said, well, I think you can figure it out. Right. And I said, well, just let me think about it. Your wife is is like your biggest, she's your biggest cheerleader. She believes you can do anything. And clearly you you listened to her. (laughs) I love that. I know she can do just about anything. So I do listen to her because she's usually right about about almost everything. So so I I thought about it. And the reservation that I had was really twofold. The first was that the store was a very small store. And I just didn't think that it would be comfortable for people with autism working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her concept was that we should buy the store and turn it into an actual autism training site, but in a real-world retail environment. So uh, I, I thought about it and said, you know, I think the store is a little too small. Plus, we, our other mission was we really wanted to make a big impact for our town because, as I said, things were starting to go downhill a little bit. Morale was low. We really wanted to... Uh, try to try to make an impact civically in our community community so that I said you know I'll do it but instead of taking this little store around the corner let's take the there were lots of vacant stores let's take the big a big vacant store on the main street mm-hmm. and so she agreed with us um, and one of the things is one place that we targeted we'd known there was a big furniture store in town that had uh, gone out of business and from living there for years, we knew the owner, and we knew from the owner, the owner, you know, there would be a sales floor, and then the owner would sometimes take us down to kind of this basement, which was sort of his little secret spot to show us stuff that wasn't on the floor. And so we knew there was a big basement space, and so we said, "Gosh, that might be a great place uh, to to do some of the vocational training in, in addition to the sales floor." So we were able to negotiate a lease, and on January 20, 2009, we opened up Words Bookstore. Words Bookstore, and that is a perfect place for us to take our break. Um, And then when we come back, we're going to hear all about what's going on there now, um, as well as some of these other programs that are happening in in your area. So uh, Jonas Emilies from Words Bookstore, this is 1 in 59, uh, the talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. One in 59 people are diagnosed with autism, so you probably know someone impacted. Here at Anderson Center for Autism, we are here to help. 
We've got a state-of-the-art education center that harnesses the power of technology, the arts, and evidence-based practices to unlock the enormous potential of each Anderson student. We've got a nurturing residential program designed specifically to promote growth and foster friendships for all who live on our beautiful campus. We have a consulting team who shed light on what the families, schools, and groups can do to help empowering everyone in their path with the knowledge needed to make a difference. At Anderson, we're here to optimize the quality of life for every person with autism. We're here for you. We're here for your family. Learn more. Call us at 845-889-4034 or visit us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's 845-889-4034 or visit us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking with Jonah Zimeles, who is the owner of Words Bookstore in Maplewood, New Jersey, which is an adorable um, town just 30 minutes outside of New York City, very accessible by train and by car. And Jonah, you just spent the first half of the show kind of giving a really interesting background on yourself, your family, your son, Daniel, who is on the autism spectrum, and, and sort of the evolution of your life from attorney to bookstore owner and uh and now let's get into what's going on at words bookstore why should people come and and spend their money there and and come to the events and and know about it you know what is it about words that makes it special to you thanks so much so really it's the twinning of our two missions um the first being the autism employment mission that we talked about since we opened we've had over a hundred now I guess well over 100 young people with autism either work as paid employees or as volunteer trainees in our store. And our other mission is just to serve the community which, at large, which I think we've done quite well. We have a beautiful store that, that's, again, right in Main Street. It serves particularly the kids in our community, but it's a general-purpose bookstore. It's been named as Best Independent Bookstore in New Jersey, which was quite nice because there are over 30 independent bookstores in New Jersey. And we do tons of author events. I mentioned earlier that we have a base, big basement space, which I had initially thought of as a place to do our vocational training, and we still do there. But in the evenings, we hold events. We hold over 100 author events a year mm-hmm. at the store and have had all kinds of great authors of a broad variety of types. And we feel that we're able to provide a great service to all the community. We're open seven days a week, and it's just a fun experience for everybody. It is. And, and I um, I grew up loving books and loving libraries and loving bookstores. And so I just want to reiterate that, you know, going down to, to Words Bookstore, especially for somebody who is, is uh, somehow connected to the autism community, you will get exactly what you just described, uh, Jonah, which is, uh, you know, getting the chance to sit in and experience a business that is run well and beautiful. If you're a book person and or a reader and you just love being surrounded by brand new, wonderful variety of of books and and a small number, I would say, of really cool, interesting sort of gift ideas, as well as understanding that there's more that's going on kind of just under the surface there. Um, It's a great place to go visit and and really nice restaurants in the area as well. So 
Definitely take a visit to Maplewood, um, New Jersey, and go visit Word's Bookstore. When we were there, my colleague and I had a chance to meet Daniel um, briefly. He was there with his job coach, I believe, and he was doing something in the basement. I think he was doing some recycling. So is there an array, Jonah, of, of jobs that people on the spectrum have done at Word's and that you continue to see? It, or is it, it's not just one particular focal point, right? It's sort of depending on what the Correct. interest is yeah. and what this, what the, what the um, functional sort of ability at that time might be for that person, correct? Correct. It really runs the full gamut, and we job prep. What we try to do is when someone comes in, we, we try to look at people's strengths and try to find a job that will meet their needs and, and, and fit their interests. And we actually do that. I've learned from our autism employment to do that with our typical employees as well. Uh, Isn't in, that interesting? In figuring out our staffing. I always find, I'm glad you said that because I am a former teacher um, in, a, in a neurotypical school um, in Connecticut years ago. And I've never lost that sense of, of what I remember from, from teaching children. Um, and, and I think just being one of those people who considers myself a, a learner, uh, you know, for my whole life is, so much of what works for people on the spectrum is really a, makes a great work environment or a learning environment or both for all people. Um, and I think that that's something that we, we always, uh, whenever we have the chance to reinforce that message, we should. Um, so I, I, it seemed to me when I was there that Absolutely. it was a great working environment for everybody who was, who was in there that day. Okay, so we have, we have uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I'd say, so I just want to say quickly, so we're, we do things from putting labels on bags so people are most severely impacted mm-hmm. to shelving books and helping customers and doing deliveries for us on the higher end. Cool. Okay, so flash forward a little bit more. So now Daniel is a young adult, correct? He's Is he 20 yeah, or correct. right around there? Oh, no, he's older. He's, he's uh, just turned 24. He's 24. Okay, great. So happy birthday to Daniel, and he's 24. Thanks. And so many families who have a young adult child on the spectrum are now, their ears are perking up because they're saying, oh, my goodness, so now they're in that sort of, they've crossed over the cliff, so to speak, where, you know, your child has been sort of in, in a somewhat protected structured environment of a school setting for many years and and many families have found something that works and feel good about it and their child's progressing and then they graduate so daniel is now 24 and is he where is he living he still lives at home we're Mm -hmm. starting to look at residential options um but he goes to a day program at spectrum 360 where he had gone to school they established a day program and it's really a terrific opportunity for him okay and And we're very fortunate that he goes there yeah, and we and I had a chance to to visit. To me, it was a very autism specific type of adult day program, if you will. There's many names for them these days, but but everybody there was engaged in learning. There was a really cool cooking program and um, independ- a lot of you know movement towards independence. And I know that you're very involved in that in that program. Um, we when we came to visit, you also showed us a really interesting, very unique program called Lifetown, which I think is is pretty new. So tell us about yeah. how some of these programs that you're that either Daniel's involved in or you are or both of you are and what is the gap what what are these programs addressing and what else where where does the gap remain you know where where's the work that still needs to be done yeah. so so there's been incredible progress in the day program area and lifetown uh, lifetown serves all kinds of functions and we've opened up our second bookstore in lifetown mm-hmm. Um, in Livingston, New Jersey, and it's an incredible, it's a 53,000 square foot state of the art facility, and everyone should try to go visit Lifetown. And Lifetown's going to help a lot 
in both in terms of some job skill training, but also in the recreational and hobby area. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, a big gap because in le- in leisure time activities that I know it's been a big challenge for my son. He's generally up for doing things, but you know, there are a lot of hours in the day when you're not at work or not in your day program. And we work very hard to keep him busy and occupied and doing all kinds of things. But in the long term, we're hoping that he can develop more interests. And I think there's a big need in the recreational area, mm-hmm. and that's something I'm very interested in. And none of these places have residential options. I know that we had the opportunity to go up visit Anderson and see what a great day program and residential things um, you folks have established up there um, in, in the Rhinebeck area. And... You know, we need to have a lot more things like that down here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me, and probably I would assume interesting to you, that it's sort of like the way this is growing, this this field is growing. And also when I say field, both the, the good and the bad, right, the, 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 um, the new programs as well as the growing gaps of where we're seeing where there's, there's more of a need, it grows almost like an individual person does. People don't grow out and up at the same time, at the same rate. Usually when children are growing, and I'm talking about physical growth, they'll go through a growth spurt where they'll get really tall. Um, and then they'll sort of slow that down and they'll, and they'll maybe get a little broader and, you know, their you know, bodies change and all of that. So it, it reminds me of that only because I feel like there are arms that reach out and then, and then that kind of slows down a little bit and then, the, you know, another part of the body kind of moves. And right now, residential is really a challenge, um, for ad- especially for adults. Um, and I know, you know, you're facing that and kind of some decisions and thoughts about what what do you do, especially I think you represent, you and your wife represent um, many families who have been able to have their child live at home with them and not go into a residential school facility. And then their child graduates from the school programs. And that's when, you know, it starts to become very real that, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to be around here forever. And like you said, I'm not going to be in a position of providing recreational and social opportunities forever and ever. You know, now what do we do? And unfortunately, I think there isn't there isn't uh, a solution right now for the number of adults who are coming up uh, out of the school programs and, and still needing those supports. But I find things like Lifetown and Spectrum 360 and, and the kinds of business uh, businesses that, that are, you know, like words and following in your footsteps and, and maybe have been some trailblazers to be moving in the right direction. So with the last minute or so, do you have any, any parting thoughts on any of that stuff or what your hopes are for the future? Do you want to see more people buy local stores and turn them into these, you know, thriving businesses that are also work training sites? What, what would you like to see? Well, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head with your beautiful analogy. I, I think that I'm, again, really focused on expanding residential opportunities here in New Jersey. There's just a tremendous need, and there's a tremendous need to really do a better job in paying people who work in these kind of places yeah. or who work in adult day programs or direct service providers. They're really the heroes um, in our field. And I guess what I would love to see would be a way to raise the compensation for these fantastic people who work with their kids. That's an issue that's of, you know, prime importance to me. I'm also interested in, I understand there's a health care problem that I'm also sort of looking into now as well, that we need to try to get the medical community more used to dealing with their kids as they grow into adults. 
Oh, absolutely. I think, and, and there's a model for that, honestly, because things have changed so dramatically in the field of pediatrics when it comes to um, identification, early diagnosis, assessment. I, I think that that's really well said. That that you know, it, it, now that there's a growing awareness um, that people with autism do not grow out of it. It is not a childhood uh, disability. It is something that that is lifelong, and it changes just as you do as an individual person as you get older. But it's still there. I think that that is definitely another area that I. I would agree with you. Jonah, just like when we met, I could talk to you for hours and hours. I find your perspective on things really interesting. Um, I want to thank you for your time today being on the show, telling us about what you're doing and, uh, and, and best of luck with the continued success of words and all of the other organizations that you're involved in and best of luck to you and your family and Daniel as he, uh, as he develops into, you know, his, his adult life. Thanks so much, Liza. It was great speaking with you. It was great uh, reading about you in the uh, Hudson Valley Magazine as well. Congratulations (laughs) on that well-deserved profile. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Jonah. You have a great day. This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Pozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 